Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 419. It is Tuesday, August 24th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and the July HIPAA breach report has arrived. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Welcome. Well, it may not be morning wherever you're listening to this. I don't know. I'm assuming you're in my time zone or nearby, so I'll say good morning. If it's afternoon or evening, then good afternoon or evening. And it's ironic because yesterday I said, I haven't gotten a HIPAA breach report yet for July, and here it is today. It's almost as though they were waiting for me to come back. Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be spectacular. We'd greatly appreciate it. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type Get HIPAA Compliance into the search, and join the group. And also, if you are a business owner, operator, someone who could potentially benefit from networking with other business owners, you should go to facebook.com slash groups slash Main Street Networking and join that group. All right, let's go and jump into the news. Um, We've talked about it extensively before. We took our break, and then again yesterday, the proxy shell attacks on... Microsoft Exchange servers, um, lock, was it lock file? I think it was being actively or they are actively exploiting. And I think Lockbit 2.0 is also actively exploiting it. Um, yeah, lock file. And so Sisa is warning about a surge of proxy shell attacks as Huntress discovered 140 web shells launched against 1900 unpatched Microsoft Exchange servers. So for those of you 1,900 people out there, plus, I'm sure there's more that haven't been attacked or haven't been picked up on yet, um, you need to patch. And if you're not patching, you know, this it's going to be a problem for you. So web shell, if you're not familiar with, with what that means, they are installing web shell onto exchange servers so that they can then run commands and possibly continue to keep access to the exchange server. Impacted orgs thus far include building manufacturers, seafood processors, industrial machinery, auto repair shops, a small residential airport, and more. A residential airport, that's interesting. Uh, the most common web shells deployed against exchange servers was XSL Transform, used 130 times, followed by encrypted reflected assembly loader, comment separation, and obfuscation of the unsafe keyword JavaScript base 64 encoding. Or it says JScript. I don't know if that's supposed to be JavaScript. And character typecasting and arbitrary file uploader, according to Huntress. So you can imagine what kind of files they will be uploading. Uh, researcher Kevin Beaumont is critical of Microsoft's messaging efforts are surrounding the vulnerability and the critical need for its customers to update their exchange server security. So in other words, is Microsoft not making, not making people aware that it is a serious situation? Well, 1,900 people or 1,900 businesses probably 
have learned their lesson here, but patch, if you have a Microsoft Exchange server and there are patches that need to be installed, get it done now. Uh, bleeping Computer, FBI, 1% group, ransomware targeted U.S. orgs since November of 2020, so almost a year now. The Federal Bureau of Investigation has shared info about a threat actor known as 1% group that has been actively targeting U.S. organizations and ransomware attacks since at least November 2020. U.S. federal law enforcement agencies shared indicators of compromise, tactics, techniques, and procedures. So ind indicators of compromise, because we love acronyms in IT. Indicators of compromises, IOCs, tactics, techniques, and procedures, TTPs, and mitigation measures in a flash alert published on Monday, yesterday. The FBI has learned of a cyber criminal group who self-identifies as a 1% group and who have used Cobalt, Cobalt Strike to perpetrate ransomware attacks against U.S. companies since November of 2020. 1% group actors encrypt the data and exfiltrate it from the victim's systems. The actors contact the victims via telephone and email, threatening to release the stolen data through the Onion router, which is we all know is Tor, Networking clearnet unless a ransom is paid in virtual currency. Um, the victims are being breached through phishing attacks. So, you know, once again, we always tell you phishing, uh, unpatched machines, and um, remote desktop protocol. Those are the three, probably the three most common methods of, of breach and then eventually ransomware attacks. So, uh, does not list the victims here, uh, so it's hard to say who that could be. Um, but you know, obviously, this is a group that's been in operating for almost a year now, maybe longer. So <coughs> keep training your people in phishing attacks. Speaking of phishing, phishing campaign uses UPS.com cross-site scripting vulnerability to distribute malware. A clever UPS. That's United Parcel Service. If you're not familiar, phishing campaign utilized and cross-site scripting vulnerability in UPS.com to push fake and malicious invoice Word documents. The phishing scam was first discovered by security research researcher Daniel Gallagher and pretended to be an email from UPS stating that a package had an exception and needs to be picked up by the customer. What makes the phishing attack stand out is that the threat actor used a cross-site scripting vulnerability in UPS.com to modify the site's regular page looked like a legitimate download page. His vulnerability allowed the threat actor to distribute a malicious document through a remote Cloudflare worker, but made it make it look like it was being downloaded directly from UPS. The emails filled with numerous legitimate links that perform no malicious behavior. However, the tracking number is a link to UPS site that includes an exploit for a cross-site scripting vulnerability that injects malicious JavaScript into the browser when the page is open. Cleared up version of the URL used for the tracking number can be seen below and the original being further obfuscated. Um, so there's a link here. You know, obviously, it's a long link because um, it makes it harder to determine that it is malicious in nature. But ups.com slash drop off slash invoice and then a long ID number, you know, with some other indicators. This URL has two interesting strings that are used as part of the attack, with the first item of interest being the base64 encoding string, which is a long um, string of characters. The base64 string contains a comment from the threat actor who helpfully explains that this is used to make the URL longer to hide a cross-site scripting exploit, 
query parameter appended to the end of the URL. And it says, I just need to make this URL a little longer to hide next query param, I'm assuming parameter, you already know why. So, and he did that, uh, I forget what it's called, but he used what, you know, commonly what hackers use, is it, I think it's called leets, um, where you use numbers instead of letters for some of the, from some of the letters. Anyway, so <clears throat> here's my suggestion to that, because this is a, a phishing scheme that's going to be a little bit harder to identify, especially if you don't have the tools in place to identify it. Um, you, if you're not expecting a package, then you shouldn't click on it. So as an example, I got an email today for FedEx package um, that I wasn't expecting. And so I'm not clicking on any links. I suspected it's legit because it is a company I recently contacted. Um, but I'm not clicking on any links. And if I get a package, I get a package. If I don't, I don't. I didn't order it. I, I'm not expecting it. So it's, you know, it's an added bonus, I guess. Avoid clicking links if, if it's unsolicited is, is the me message I can deliver to you right now. Bleeping Computer Botnet targets hundreds of thousands of devices using Realtek SDK, you know, SDK being Software Development Kit. A Mirai or Mirai based botnet now targets a critical vulnerability in the software SDK used by hundreds of thousands of Realtek based devices encompassing 200 models from at least 65 vendors, including Asus, Belkin, D-Link, Netgear, Tenda, ZTE, and Zyxel. The security flaw that IoT inspector security researchers found is now tracked to CBE 2021-35395 and was assigned a 9.8 out of a 10 severity rating. It impacts many internet-exposed wireless devices, ranging from residential gateways and travel routers to Wi-Fi repeaters, IP cameras, and smart lighting gateways or connected toys it's spelled lightning i'm not sure if it's supposed to be lightning or lighting attacks began only two days after public disclosure since the bug affects the management web interface remote attackers can scan for and attempt to hack them to execute arbitrary code remotely on unpatched devices allowing them to take over the impacted devices while Realtek shipped a patched version of the vulnerable sdk on august 13th three days before iot inspector reese Security researchers published their their advisory. This gave very little time to vulnerable device owners to apply the patch. So, in other words, the, the patch already exists, but was not a whole lot of time between notification before the vulnerability became public knowledge, and not a lot of time before between the time the patch was released and before the vulnerability was public knowledge. So, if you have any of these devices, IoT devices, you should patch. Nokia subsidiary discloses data breach after Conti ransomware attack. SAC Wireless, a U.S.-based Nokia subsidiary, has disclosed a data breach following a ransomware attack where Conti operators were able to successfully breach its network, steal data, and encrypt systems. They wholly, the wholly owned and independently operating Nokia's company, headquartered in Chicago, Illinois, works with telecom carriers, major tower owners, and original equipment manufacturers across the U.S. 
SAC Wireless helps customers design, build, and upgrade cellular networks, including 5G, 4G, LTE, small cell, and FirstNet. company discovered that its network was breached by Conti ransomware operators on June 16th, only after deploying their payloads, payloads and encrypting SAC Wireless systems. The Nokia subsidiary found that personal information belonging to current and former employees and their health plans, dependents, or beneficiaries was also stolen during the ransomware attack, which is going to make it a HIPAA violation, by the way. Um, on August 13th, following a forensic investigation conducted with the help of external cybersecurity experts, the threat actor Conti gained access to the SAC systems, uploaded files to his cloud storage, and then on June 16th deployed ransomware to encrypt the files on SAC systems. SAC says in a data breach notification letter sent to undisclosed number of impacted individuals. After completing the forensic investigation, the company believes that the stolen files contain the following categories of personal information, name, date of birth, contact info, such as home address, email and phone, government ID numbers, such as driver's license, passport or military ID, social security numbers, citizenship status, work info, such as title, salary and evaluations, medical history, again, that'll make it a HIPAA breach, health insurance policy information, license plate numbers, digital signatures, certificates of marriage, or birth, tax return info, and so this is a HIPAA breach. So they're going to have to report this as a, as a HIPAA breach. Uh, in response to the ransomware attack, SAC has taken multiple measures to prevent future breaches. So let's look at this list. Change firewall rules, disconnected VPN connections, activated conditional access geolocation policies to limit non-US access, provided additional employee training, Deployed additional network and endpoint monitoring tools, expanded multi-factor authentication, which um, should have been 100% across the board anyway, and deployed additional threat hunting and endpoint detection and response tools. HVAC vendor allegedly hacked access gain to hospital systems. This is a HIPAA breach notification. In early August, a hacker made contact with the descent of databreaches.net and claimed to have hacked into the systems of HVAC vendor. Through that vendor, the hacker claimed to have gained access to the networks of its client, one of which was Boston Children's Hospital. The company in question is Canton, Massachusetts-based ENE Systems. Databreaches.net reported in a recent blog post that the hacker had attempted to extort money from HVAC vendor, but the ransom was not paid. The hacker still claimed to have access to the network of ENE Systems and those of its clients and told Descent that he or she was not interested in causing harm to the hospital. Databreaches.net was asked to reach out to the hospital and make it clear that its network had been breached through the HVAC vendor in case the vendor had not communicated the breach to the hospital. Databreaches.net was provided with screenshots as proof of hack. While it was not confirmed whether that networks of the hospitals had been breached, ENE Systems list Brigham and Women's Hospital and Mass General Hospital as clients on its website. Mass General Hospital issued a statement about the incident saying the hospital was made aware of potential cybersecurity issues involving one of its vendors. Once notified, immediate action was taken to follow appropriate guidance to mitigate the risk. Hospital systems and operations remain unaffected by this incident. Boston Children's Hospital also confirmed that its vendor had experienced a breach and stated that there is no risk to hospital operations nor its business environment and no patient data was affected in the security incident. Brigham and Women's Hospital said it had not been notified about any issues with its HVAC vendor. 
Supply chain attacks can see the systems of many organizations compromised as the recent attacks on SolarWinds and Kaseya demonstrated. Attacks can occur at any point in the supply chain and HVAC vendors have been targeted in the past as they are potential security weak point. So this, it's interesting because I've had conversations with people um, in the past about business associate agreements and whether they're necessary, you know, an HVAC vendor has no reason to interact with patient files. However, using smart systems, smart, which, you know, especially corporate environments are using now, smart environment systems, um, you're connected to the internet. And this is a way in, you know, there was, I don't know, sometime last year, I think one incident where they got in through the thermostat on an aquarium. So because it was connected to the internet to, to manage it easier. So do they have a business associate agreement now? It's an interesting question. I, I have uh, a privacy attorney that I'm going to question on this to see what, what they have to say about this, but it's interesting. And of course, as uh, I said at the beginning of this episode, we have the July 2021 HIPAA breach report. So let's just jump into the numbers here. There were 68 breaches of 500 or more records for the month of July, which is right about average for the last five months, a little bit higher than the beginning of the year. Um, you know, June was 70, July was 68. So that's about right in line. Were five a little more than five and a half million records exposed? Big big jump from June, which was one point three, uh, a little less than May, but it is one of the higher months this year. It's actually the second highest month this year. So five point five million, largest breaches forefront. Dermatology of South Carolina, it was a healthcare provider that was two point four million all by itself, and it says unspecified. Hacking incident and business associate present. Not sure if that means that they were compromised, but not sure what that means. If the business associate had something to do with it. Professional Business Systems, Inc., DBA, Practice First Medical Management Solutions, PBS Medcode Corp., 1.2 million. This is a business associate, and that was a ransomware attack. UF Health, Central Florida. We talked about this one, seven, almost 701,000 ransomware attack. Orlando Family Physicians, 447,000 phishing attack, health reach community health centers, 122,000 healthcare provider. So of the 5. almost 5.6 million, you know, 3.6 were the first two attacks. So that's ha more than half right there. Causes of the incidents in July, hacking IT incident, 52, unauthorized access or disclosure, 13, theft 2, improper disposal 1. Network servers, 33 of the, let's see, 33, 72 breaches total. I don't know why there's a difference here, but 72 breaches total listed for locations. And 33 of those were network servers, 21 email, six other, pa five paper films, four electronic medical records, two desktop computers, and one laptop. 30 of them were business associates. So again, that number is very high. 
30 were health care providers and 8 were health plans. Um, majority Florida, six with 6 breaches, 5 for California, New York, and Texas, 4 for Illinois and North Carolina, 3 for Connecticut, Minnesota, Nebraska, and New Jersey, and so forth. Um, the, I'm telling you, I've been saying it for months now, I've been saying it since last year, Business associates, get your affairs in order because the OCR is going to come knocking. That is going to do it for this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.